In the early morning, he stands in the doorway of his hut and listens for the distant rumble. The cool air bears the earthy scent of promised rain. From the veranda above, I can see the plume of red dust rising in the lorry's wake, long before the man with the pickaxe who waits below me hears the engine. I am ten years old. It is the 30th of July, 1974. I am watching a dust devil heading for my home. It writhes as it chases the driver around the rocky lanes, towering above the truck, forcing the vehicle away from the main routes, past the tumble of houses towards the edge of the precipice where we live. Now I can hear its roar begin. At first, low and deep, it rises to a shrieking cacophony, and suddenly, silence. The driver swings out of the cab down below. Behind him, the devil slumps to the ground and waits. I watch the driver speak briefly to the waiting man, who nods in return. The driver climbs back into his cab. The man with the pickaxe moves to within a few feet of his hut and gestures with his right hand. The driver manoeuvres his vehicle forward and back until it is almost up against the shack. The massive hulk of the truck might easily crush the flimsy pan body of rusting corrugated iron, wooden slats and cardboard. The roof is held down with old tyres. Twelve people live in there, my stepmother tells me. I wonder if they are inside now, while all this is going on. Finally, the driver pushes a lever and the load of rocks slides to the ground, freeing a mighty dust devil which spins up above the heads of all of us the mother devil. When the truck is gone, the man and I contemplate the mountain of rocks. He leans over and picks one up. In his hand, it is about the size of a melon. The surface is pitted and full of holes, and it looks like a red moon rock. He positions it with care upon the edge of a boulder protruding from the ground. Then he lifts his iron-handled pick, and with the practised grace of a tennis player about to serve an ace, he swings the tool in an arc up behind his back, over his shoulder and down, lunging at the heart of the rock. It shatters pleasingly into half a dozen pieces. He glances briefly up at me and nods. I wave back a small acknowledgement. Then he selects another rock and repeats the same perfect action. The plateau where he stands is just at the point where the level ground gives way to the steep sides of the valley. There are no more houses, just a dense green mat of tangled vegetation crossed with narrow paths of bare red earth leading to and from the stream on the valley bed. I am forbidden by my father to go anywhere near the water. Farther up the valley, a slaughterhouse built directly above the narrow channel pours effluent directly into it. The slaughterhouse attracts vultures, who wait out the time between meals on the roof of our house.